Hey, good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us here today at Bible Baptist Church Online. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and happy Father's Day to all you fathers out there. So grateful for you and for all that you do and all that you mean. Um, I'm a father, and I have a father, and so I'm very thankful for my dad and for all that he means, and I'm thankful to be a father. I enjoy being a father so much. I enjoy my kids. Uh, I'm not a perfect father, and so I'm very convicted oftentimes but uh, I am just so excited uh, that you're with us today. And uh, Bible Baptist Church is meeting uh, out at 320 Highbury today. And uh, we're under a tent. And today we have a, it's a very special Sunday. Not only is it Father's Day, but uh, today we're going to baptize. We're going to baptize two people. And I'm just so excited for the opportunity. These people have uh, accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Now they want to make a public testimony of that. Uh, through, through biblical baptism, which is immersion. And so we're excited about that. That's going to happen under the tent. And then we're going to have 10 people join the Bible Baptist Church. And so we're just so excited about that. So if you're interested um, at meeting with us, uh, we'll be meeting pretty much every Sunday out underneath the tent um, at 11 o'clock at 320 Highbury Avenue. What a wonderful time. We're all socially distanced. It's all outdoors. So we're just having a great time out there. So if you would like to join us, please do so. Uh, what a wonderful opportunity we have to uh, be out there and enjoy the fresh air. So we're excited about that. So if you would, please join us. But take your Bibles with me this morning, Colossians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 4, we're going to continue through our series on Invested. And uh, this has uh, been an interesting study. We're actually getting close to wrapping this up, getting close to the conclusion here. So uh, Colossians chapter 4. Let's have a word of prayer. We'll get started. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for all you do for us. Thank you for allowing us to be here this morning. Thank you so much for being our Heavenly Father. Thank you for being perfect in every way, Father. And when we don't understand the ways that you want to move, Father, help us to just have faith and trust in you. Help us to love you more than ever today. Help us every single day to continue to love you more. And Father, help us today as we look at your word. Help us to be men, fathers, and Father, Christians that walk properly and walk with you. And Father, I just pray that your will is accomplished. Thank you so much for dying on the cross for our sins today. Thank you so much for everything you've done for us and for the wonderful uh, blessings that you've given us. Father, I pray you just give us a wonderful day today. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me ask you this question. When someone outside of Christianity or religion uh, thinks of what a stereotypical Christian is, what do they think of? Say it a different way. What are Christians in today's society known for? Well, you will hear things like this. You will hear things like Bible thumping, church going, intolerant, bigoted, hypocrites, and the list really could go on and on and on and on. While hearing these things said about me actually uh, makes me a little bit uncomfortable Oh, I hear those types of things, it makes me uncomfortable. I do have to sincerely ask myself, why is it that those are the things that Christians are known for? Why are we viewed this way? Well, somewhere, somehow, someone did something that gave the perception that every Christian is a Bible-thumping, church-going, intolerant, bigoted hypocrite. Some, that, that happened somewhere. So the question then does ask this question, does this mean that all Christians are this? Well, the answer is no, and I hope, hope you believe that. 
Uh, not every Christian is um, intolerant, bigoted, hypocrites, you know, Bible-thumping, church-going, all that stuff. And, and the reality is we, we, we like to stereotype. So not every Christian is that. I've often heard about doctors who lied to a patient and told them that they needed a surgery just so they could receive the funds from performing the surgery. So they didn't actually need the surgery. So does that mean every doctor is a liar and that they're all bad? No. Okay, we know that. We, there are many, many good doctors, wonderful people who really work hard and love their patients. Uh, we've all heard about bad cops, right? We've all heard about them. Um, we've all heard about uh, all kinds of different things. But does that mean that all cops are bad? Well, no, they're not. There are many people who would like to tell you so. I've heard of many religious leaders who are pedophiles and adulterers. But does that mean all religious leaders are pedophiles, adulterers, and that they're all wicked and vile? Again, the answer is no. That's a stereotype. It's Father's Day. Many fathers are stereotyped. And this really a lot of times comes from television. But many men are stereotyped. They are selfish. They're mean. They're angry men who are annoyed by the very thought of even having children, right? So does this mean that all fathers are bad fathers? Again, no, and I'm trying to bring you to the point that there are typical stereotypes. There are things that go on in this world, but the reality is not everybody falls under that same category. So if I can give it, you, give it to you this way, stereotypes are a real perception, but they are just often misguided. Okay, it's one isolated incident or maybe even several incidents. And maybe there's a general whole of people that are like that, but that does not mean that all are like that. You see, even Jesus was stereotyped. Even Jesus was stereotyped. In Luke chapter 7 and verse 34, the Bible says this, The Son of Man is come eating and drinking, and ye say, Behold, a gluttonous man and a wine-bibber, a friend of publicans, and sinners. So Jesus came eating and drinking, and, and he was accused of being a glutton. He was accused of being a wine bibber. But you want you to understand this. Jesus, did he eat and drink? Did he eat and drink? Yes, the answer to that is yes, he did. Did Jesus sit down and spend time with sinners? The, the answer again is yes. He did, but was he a glutton? No. And was he a wine-bibber? No. You see, there are often stereotypes, there are often assumptions made about people based on something that someone has seen. I'm not here this morning to try to wipe away all the stereotypes that have been given to Christians. That is not my goal this morning. It is my intention this morning to give you some biblical advice on what to do with stereotypes. On what to do with stereotypes. You see, we as Christians, no, we just live in a world that that stereotype is out there. That stereotype is there. And so we have a perception to overcome. How do we do that? We'll look at Colossians chapter 4 and verse 5. The Bible says this, Walk in wisdom toward them that are without redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. 
The first thing that I want to give you this morning is very simply walk in wisdom. Walk in wisdom. If I can give it to you maybe a different way, I would say this. Let wisdom guide your actions. Let wisdom guide your actions. Walking signifies a way of life. How we live our lives. Things that we do. Steps that we take. In fact, the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. So walking is steps. A way of life. How things are ordered. If you, how you live your life. You see, every one of us is unique. Every one of us is different. Every one of us has a different fingerprint. We're all a little bit different from one another. We all have different personalities or different quirks. We all have differences. But here is the wonderful thing about truth. About truth. Truth is something that transcends time. Truth transcends time. So we are all different. We all have a different style. We all have different quirks. We all have different personalities. But there is one thing that binds us together, and that is truth. Truth transcends time. Here's another one. Truth transcends culture. Truth transcends political power. You see, truth is truth. Truth happens all the time. It's truth. There, are, there is something, though, that does not transcend time. There is something, though, that does not transcend culture and politics. And that is simply relativism. Relativism. Relativism basically states that I have a different truth than anybody else. What my truth is is not necessarily your truth. And so, listen, that does not transcend time. Because when I die, my truth goes with me. Uh, it does not transcend culture because in here, in my culture, my truth stands. In another culture, it may not stand. It does not stand in political powers. You see, their, their relativism um, it says that there is no absolute truth. Relativism says there is no absolute truth. So truth is constantly changing. Well, you might say, yeah, we believe that. Well, the reality is this, then you don't believe in math, okay? Math, absolute truth is this, 2 plus 2 equals 4. Every time, all the time. And I know that sounds basic and simple, and maybe even a little bit ridiculous, but that is absolute truth. That has been truth from the beginning of time until the end of time. That is absolute truth. It stays the same. Relative truth is this. Listen to this. Bible Baptist Church is meeting at 320 Highbury Avenue. That is relative truth. Because the reality is, for now we do. There was a time when we didn't. There was a time where we met here at 32 Park Avenue. There is a, going to be a time, as in tonight, where we will not be meeting out at 320 Highbury Avenue. We will be meeting here at 32 Park. Okay, so Bible Baptist Church meeting at 320 Highbury is conditional upon a certain time and a certain place. That's relative truth. So I want you to understand both relative truth and absolute truth are both needed. They are both real and they are both needed. Here is when the problem arises though. The problem arises when we want to hang on to relative truth like it is absolute truth. Relative truth like it is absolute truth. And when we treat absolute truth like it is relative truth. You say, Pastor Yomans, you're confusing me. Let me just illustrate. 
there are a lot of religious people who hang on to relative truth like it's absolute truth. They hang on to relative truth like it is absolute truth. The reality is this. Things are constantly changing. Things that we did 50 years ago may not necessarily work today. Oh, they worked 50 years ago. But they may not necessarily work today. And just because it worked does not mean that it is absolute truth. It's relative. There is a growing number of people in this world who believe that there is no absolute truth. They, they believe that. There is no absolute truth. Everything is relative. And so we've got these two complete dichotomies, right? Absolute truth and relative truth. And you, there's people on both sides, right? Some people who think everything is absolute truth. Some people who think everything is relative truth. Again, you're maybe a little bit confused as to how this applies, but you may be wondering how in the world are we supposed to live in this world where people think certain things about absolute truth and relative truth and there's this constant mixed up world. Well, simply this. Walk in wisdom. Walk in wisdom. Let wisdom guide your actions. We live in a world where, where people believe certain things. And there are religious people who believe that things that were done 50, 60, maybe 100 years ago, maybe even further, are those things that we must maintain today. The reality is that may, that may or may not be true. So how do we decide? Well, we must let wisdom guide our actions. Fathers, we desperately need fathers to have wisdom. We desperately need fathers to have wisdom. We need fathers to have wisdom to guide their children. We need fathers to have wisdom when it's okay to change. We need fathers to have wisdom to know when it's right to remain the same. We need fathers. Guess what? We need Christians. We need Christians. Far too long, we have stood and listened to uh, someone tell us that it's okay to do something. We, we've listened to a person. The reality is we need to go to the Bible, the Word of God. The Word of God is absolute truth. John chapter 17 and verse 17, the Bible says, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy Word is truth. John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus Christ is the truth. The Word of God is the truth. So we must have wisdom. Listen, the reality is our culture today looks different than it did 50 years ago. And so there are certain things that may or may not be okay. I'll give you just a quick for instance. Relative truth. Okay? Today, I stand before you without a suit and tie on. Now, there will be some people that are appalled by that, that I would preach the Word of God without a suit and tie on. Well... That's relative truth. That is nowhere found in the Bible. We, we find principles of giving our best to God, but I want you to understand, I'm going outside to preach today in pretty hot weather. It's supposed to get up to 28 today. I, I'm from, I like winter. Suits are going to be extremely hot, and so I don't necessarily need to wear a suit. Listen, that's relative truth. It's changed. 
because we're not meeting here in church, because we're not doing these certain things, because we're not doing, because it's going to be hot outside, all these different things are changing. So does that mean that I am a wicked, no good, vile sinner because of that one thing? Not necessarily. Again, the question is then, how do you get wisdom? We must have wisdom. How do we get wisdom? Do we get it from science? Do we get it from the culture? Do we get it from what everyone else is doing? Well, James chapter 1 and verse 5, the Bible says this, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that give it to all men liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. The reality is wisdom comes from God. And all you have to do is ask for it. Listen, science is constantly changing. Science is constantly changing. Culture are constantly changing. But if we're going to ask God or ask for wisdom, we must get wisdom from God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In fact, if you will go turn with me to Proverbs chapter 2. Proverbs chapter 2 and verse 6. Proverbs chapter 2 in verse 6. The Bible says this, For the Lord giveth wisdom. Out of His mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. So it's the Lord who gives wisdom. Jump down to verse 9. If you have wisdom, then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity. Yea, every good path. So we'll understand which path to go down. We'll understand how to discern between relative truth and absolute truth. Verse 10. When wisdom entereth into thine heart, and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul, discretion shall preserve thee. Understanding shall keep thee. Again, so this, this discretion, this wisdom, this understanding will help us. If you would, jump down to uh, actually verse 12 to 19. talks about the trouble, um, all of the trouble that wisdom will keep us from. You can read through that, but jump down to verse 20. That thou mayest walk in the way of good men and keep the paths of the righteous. Watch that again. That thou mayest walk in the way of good men and keep the paths of the righteous. Understand this verse helps us see that wisdom helps us walk in the way of good men. But wisdom also helps us to live uh, respectable. It, it helps us keep the paths of righteous. So we get to live in wisdom. We live to, excuse me, wisdom helps us live well on this earth. It helps us be respectable. But wisdom also allows us to walk in the paths of the righteous. If you will, wisdom helps us identify absolute truth and for us to walk in that way wisdom helps us to identify relative truth and helps us to walk in that way you see the reality is we need wisdom we have things going on in our world that we simply do not know what to do we don't know how to act we don't know where to go we don't know what steps to take we don't know if we should or shouldn't and we're constantly confused by these things. And we have different perceptions coming in. And people trying to help us and, and force us into being something. And we have all these things going on. So what do we need? We need clarity. We need wisdom. And wisdom comes from God. So no doubt you're sitting there asking, what do I do? What do I do? 
If there's all these different things going on and it's so confusing and I don't know if I should go this way or that way or the other way, then what do I do? All of us want a five-step formula, a five-step process for living a successful life. Wouldn't it be so much easier if that was the case? But the reality is all we need is simply one word. We just need wisdom. Wisdom. And every situation is different. Every situation is different. And we look at certain things going on in our world and we think, I would never do it that way. Well, the reality is we're not in their situation either. Not exactly. Many of us are in a very similar situation. We're doing things much differently. But listen, we don't know family circumstances. We don't know uh, cultural circumstances. We don't know what's going on in the middle of things. Listen, and so we need wisdom. Wisdom. So let me give you this instance where the Bible is clear on a particular situation, absolute truth. Do what the Bible says. The Bible is clear on certain issues, very clear. Do what the Bible says. And when the Bible is not clear, we must seek for the wisdom of God. We must seek for biblical principles. We must seek for what God wants us to do. So how do we do this? I want to give you some principles for walking in wisdom. Principles for walking in wisdom. Number one, walking is intentional. Walking is intentional. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 15, kind of a parallel passage to Colossians chapter 4. The Bible says this, See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. That word circumspectly, we are to walk circumspectly. Walk circumspectly means walk diligently. Walk intentionally. You see, walking is not natural. You understand that, right? We all have to learn to walk. We are not born with the innate ability to walk. We have to learn how to walk. It's intentional. In fact, if a child does not start walking, we begin wondering what's wrong. So we must. We must learn to be intentional about walking. So it's not something that just comes naturally to us. We have to be incredibly intentional about it. Walking in wisdom is not going to come by accident. We must seek wisdom about every decision. We must seek it. We must look for it. Fathers, it's Father's Day again. Fathers, every step you take is either with or in front of your children. Let me say that again. Every step that we take is either with or in front of our children. The path that we choose leads our families down a particular way, down a particular path. So each decision that we make, each step that we take is important. So we need to make wise decisions intentionally. Well, how do we do that? Again, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He delighteth in his way. So number two, not only are we to walk intentionally, number two, we need to walk with God. See, the reality is this. When we are walking, we are walking with someone. We are following someone's steps. There are very few times, there are some, there are very few times where we go rogue or we're a, we're a little cavalier in our walking or we're a little, uh, we, ha- we go pioneering, right? The reality is, There is nothing new under the sun. And so we're following somebody. We need to walk with God. 
Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16, the Bible says this, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So the reality is, I'm not trying to live my own truth. I'm trying to live according to what God has called me to. And I'm trying to please uh, those people that are around me and, and do right according to the people around me. And so I need wisdom. And so I don't want to fulfill my own flesh. I don't want to do what I want to do. I want to do what God wants me to do. And I want to live uh, justified in front of other people. Joy simply is Jesus, others, yourself. So you live for Jesus, you live for others, and lastly, you live for yourself. So we need wisdom in order to do that. And we need to walk in the Spirit and not fulfill the lust of our own flesh. It's an incredibly powerful thought, and it's very simple. So what am, what am I asking you to do today? Listen, every decision. Every decision, are you praying? Are you seeking God? Every day, are you walking with God? Are you seeking God? Because if we're going to walk in wisdom toward them that are without, we must walk with God. We must walk intentionally. We must get God's wisdom. Because there's a world out there that has a perception of us. They have a perception of us and they think that we are something and oftentimes we are not and so we must walk in wisdom toward them that are without. Look at what happens when you walk in wisdom. Again, Colossians chapter 4 and verse 5, walk in wisdom toward them that are without. Watch now, redeeming the time. Redeeming the time. When you redeem, you take back the time that has been lost. You take back the time that has been lost. We read a few at the beginning of this, Luke chapter 7 and verse 34 to 35, the Bible says this, The Son of Man is come eating and drinking. And ye say, Behold, a gluttonous man and a wine-bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners. Listen to the verse 35. But wisdom is justified of all her children. Wisdom is justified of all her children. Basically, your fruit will eventually come out. If you make wise choices, it will all come out in the wash. Make wise choices, you will rise above. There will be people that misunderstand you, like Jesus. But Jesus said, listen, wisdom shall be justified, is justified of all her children. We need wisdom. Let me just illustrate again. We live in a world that has a perception of us. Bible-thumping, church-going, bigoted hypocrites. Right? That's what, that's what they perceive us as. Are we? If we are, then we need to own up to that and say, yeah, that's me. But if we're not, if we're not, then we must walk in wisdom. We must walk in wisdom toward them that are without. And if we will be wise, the problem is we want to tell people truth. We want to bash it down their throats and say, listen, this is what we need. Look, Colossians continues. Look at verse 6. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. So number two, very simply, not only walk in wisdom, number one, but number two, talk all the time 
with grace. Let your speech be always with grace. Christians and fathers have been known to be extremely harsh in their speech. Extremely harsh. Extremely harsh in their actions. We've seen a lot of things going on in the last several weeks with the bodies of children being found. Listen, that is attributed to religion. That makes me sick. That is terrible. That is uh, ridiculous. That that has happened in our country under the name of religion. And listen, now there are people that think all religions are that. We're very, Christians are harsh. Fathers are harsh. And I'll be honest with you. I know there are times I can be very harsh with my children. With my tongue. It comes naturally to me. (laughs) To be harsh, that's natural. But listen, my speech should always be with grace. My action should always be with grace. Not harsh, not angry, but gracious. So, some of you might be thinking, so this means I'm just supposed to be you know, super soft-spoken. Never tell people what I think. Never tell my kids that they are wrong. Just let them do whatever they want because I need to be gracious. Well, the reality is this. We often think that in order to speak with grace, we have to sacrifice truth. Let me say that again. Most of the time we think that in order to speak with grace, we have to sacrifice truth. Or we also think that in order to speak truth, we have to do it harshly. But that's the farthest thing from the truth. Look, look again. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. I could spend a lot of time describing what salt does and how it preserves and how it helps and how it even uh, heals. If I can get you to write this down and just think about this for a second. Truth needs to be spoken with restoration in mind. Truth needs to be spoken with restoration in mind, not destruction. Not destruction. Again, you can look at our world today. You can look at the major events that are attributed to Christians. You can look at the major events, the bad things that are attributed to Christians, and I'm going to guarantee you that there is a harshness involved. And the goal was not to bring instruction or correction or or restoration the goal was to bring destruction they wanted to destroy something listen that is not what jesus christ came to do romans chapter 6 and verse 23 the bible says the wages of sin is death listen that's the bad news that sounds horrible But can I tell you this morning, that is the truth. The truth is that sin brings death. But the verse doesn't stop there because it brings restoration. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, the Bible tells us, we're going to talk about this tonight actually, that Jesus Christ, when Jesus Christ came, guess what he brought? Grace and truth. He brought both. 
Jesus was the epitome of grace and truth. The wages of sin is death. You are going to die because of your sin. But Jesus Christ, but the gift of God is Jesus Christ, is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Listen, that is truth spoken with restoration. So the reality is, many of the things that we Christians are accused for, are known for, are accurate. They're accurate. Sometimes we are bigoted. Sometimes we are harsh. Sometimes we are hypocrites. But we, if we want to turn that around, if we want to make a difference, if we want to see God do something, if we want to reverse or re redeem the time that we've been given, listen, we must walk in wisdom and let our speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt. If I can give you this, listen to this, anything other than walking in wisdom and talking with grace is simply selfishness. Let me say that again. Anything other than walking in wisdom and talking with grace is simply selfishness. You see, because if I don't walk in wisdom, I'm doing my own thing. I'm, I'm fulfilling my own lust. That's selfish. And if I'm speaking the way that I want to speak to cut people down and using my tongue as a sword, then listen, that is selfish because all that's doing is making me feel better. That's selfishness. And listen, many a father, many a Christian, many have their, let their selfishness hurt many, many people. A father's selfishness has hurt many, many children. I could give you a few examples. I won't give you any, but I could. Of times where I, in selfishness, lashed out at my children and I saw the demeanor of their face change. And I saw the hurt come because of my actions. Listen, I'm so glad that that hurts me. And I have to apologize, and I'm so thankful that I apologize very, very quickly for my behavior. Listen, the reality is sometimes we need to walk in wisdom, actually all the time. So, we bring this to an application. Men, fathers today, would you just simply beg God for wisdom? Beg God for wisdom to take the right steps for your family. To lead your family in the right way. Beg Him to help you to lead your family. I challenge you to do that today, right now. But not just today, but every day. Every day walking with God, spending time with Him. Let God flow you. How would Jesus speak to your children? How would Jesus speak to your neighbor? Beg God to help your speech be always with grace. Again, with the goal of restoration. Listen, men are good at cutting down their children. But we're called to edify them, to build them up. To raise them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Building them, not destroying them. Guess what? Every child, listen to me, every child needs that kind of father. They need a father that builds them up.
They need a father that, that raises them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So let me ask you, fathers, what kind of father are you? Are you a godly father? Or are you a stereotypical father? Christians, my challenge to you is this. Beg God for wisdom to take the right steps. Beg Him to help you be a great testimony toward them that are without. And listen, I challenge you to do that right now. Not just, just do it today. Beg God to help you today to be a wonderful testimony, to walk in wisdom. Listen, when people find out you're a Christian, they don't go, oh, brother. But wow, you're different than what I perceived. You're still a godly person. You're still an upright, righteous person, but man, you're different. Listen, not just today though, but every day. Walk with God. Beg God to be with you. Beg God to live through you every single day when you're walking with Him so that you can be walking wisdom toward them that are without. Beg God to help you with your speech. That it be always with grace. Again, with the goal of restoration. With the goal of restoration. Your neighbors, your family, your friends, your co-workers need that kind of Christian. They need that kind of Christian. Listen, that is who Jesus is. Jesus came to this earth and spoke truth. But He backed it up with grace. With the idea of restoration. Listen, the world needs that kind of Christian. So let me ask you this morning, what kind of Christian are you? Are you a godly Christian, a wise Christian, or are you a stereotypical Christian? You can only answer that. And I hope that you'll take steps, literally take steps, for becoming a wise, godly Christian, and that your light will shine before men, and that they will see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for the opportunity that you've given us. Father, please, please help us to walk in wisdom toward them that are without. Father, there are, there are things in your word that are so explicitly clear, so uh, principally clear. Father, I pray that you would help us to see those, help us to search your scriptures for those things. But Father, there are things in this world we just don't necessarily understand. There are times that are changing. The world is volatile right now. And Father, we just don't know what to do. Help us to walk in wisdom. Redeem the time. Father, be with our mouths. The tongue, your word says, can no man tame. But Father, through you, our tongue can be a, a wonderful thing. To speak the truth in love. Father, would you please help us? Father, if there's one here today that does not know you as personal Savior, I pray that they would know that today. Father, if there's one listening that has been hurt by a church, that has been hurt by a religion, 
being selfish, Father, I pray that you would comfort them, help them to know your love. Father, help the, 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 the bad representation of you to be washed away and help them to see you for who you really are. And Father, if we have done something that has hurt someone else, Father, oh, please, would you show us that and help us to make it right. Father, please help us to walk in wisdom. And Father, please help us to guide our tongue with grace. We pray all these things in your name. I'm going to ask you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed with me today. Again, you may be here and you have been hurt by a church. I cannot write that wrong that has been done to you. And honestly, it makes me sick that something like that has happened to anybody. And we will not dismiss it away. But we want you to know that we are here to help you in any way that we can. Our main goal is simply to help people seek Christ and share hope. And we want to help you in that way. We want to give you hope. Hope in humanity. But hope mainly found in Jesus Christ. We want to help you in that way. We want to... Well, well, as long as it takes, we'll help you. We just want to walk beside you and just encourage you along the way. And if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, He is waiting for you. He died on the cross for my sin and for your sin. He did that for you, and you can know Him today. We would love to show you and introduce you to Jesus Christ. You can do that today. But this morning, as always... We want to give you some time to make a decision. And basically, it's, I don't think this is a hard decision to make, but God help me to walk in wisdom, or I will walk in wisdom. I will walk with God. I will make sure my speech is, and you, you just kind of fill in the blank. Do what God has called you to do. We're going to give you some time to make a decision right now.